Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get the episode started. I have something exciting to tell you about. We have launched the Fat Guy Forum Patreon. That's right. You can now become a monthly supporter of the show for just a few dollars, less than a cup of coffee a month. You can support keeping these amazing dude stories coming to you. And there's even a bonus at one of the tiers that I think is going to be very exciting. I have some great ideas to come to as we develop this, but I wanted to get it launched and in your hands. So if you enjoy what you hear on this show and you want to help me to keep it coming to you, please go over to that link in the show notes, and that is patreon.com slash keto. Thank you so much, my friends, and on to the show. Hello there, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I'm excited to have you along for yet another exciting ride with an awesome guy today. With me, I have Justin Dobbins. Justin, how are you doing today? Not too bad. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. It's It's been quite a morning here so far, but I, I'm excited that we are connected and ready to get you on the show. So let's get right into it, man. Tell us. What qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Um, January 2019, I was six foot seven and 698 pounds. Well, that will kind of a that, that'll, kind of a call. Yeah, that'll definitely do it, man. That'll do it. But what? Tell us, man. <laughs> what what brought you to 698 pounds? Like, did you grow up big? Like, take us into your story. Uh, I was just always the big kid. Um, always about a foot taller than everybody else growing up. Um, uh, you know, grew up, you know, we ate, I mean, we ate good. We worked hard. Um, and, uh, I just always had a affinity for food and sweets and just never felt like I could eat enough. And, and like I said, just growing, growing, growing tall and, you know, growing up big and stuff. It just, I never had any self-control. Um, you know, and looking back, I kind of wonder, you know, if I, didn't have some insulin resistance. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm 41. So growing up through the eighties, you didn't really think about stuff like that. You know, you just kind of ate and went on and, um, just progressed and then started eating emotions and, and just ate. I mean, that was just, it was just my drug. Food was my drug and I abused it and it, it took its toll. Um, I just, I would binge eat, you know, there'd be times where I might not eat for a day or two, but then I might eat, you know, five meals worth in one setting. Um, and it was just out of control. Um, uh, my wife of, it'll be my wife of 19 years. Um, she just, she, she, she supported me and she, she wanted me to be better. And, um, I just kept destroying myself and I made her watch that. So, uh, I mean, it, it just less lack of self-control and discipline is what brought me to 698 pounds. I mean, to be honest with you. No, I, th- I think that makes sense. And when, when did you first become conscious uh, that your weight was, was something that set you apart from other people? Like what was, when did that happen for you? Uh, man, it's happened. It happened. It's happened over the last 20 years. I mean, it, you'd, you'd have that who, who has, who, when you get, when you do qualify for the fat guy forum, what guy doesn't sit back and go, I need to make a change. You know, you always think I need to make a change. I need to make a change and you're, I'll do it Monday. Sunday rolls around and you, you know, you just pig out and you do your thing and Monday rolls around. You don't quite feel like starting cause it, well, and then you kind of slide through the week, but 
you always have good intentions, you know, um, you always want to try to take your health back. So, I mean, all my, that whole, the, you know, that 20 years from like 20 to 40, you know, there would be, we'd start every year, you know, we'd, we're going to get healthy. We're going to do this. And, and then we'd fall off. And, um, you know, this last time I would say the eye opener for me was started in fall of 2018. Um, I was just breaking down. I mean, my joints hurt all the time. Um, constant depression, constant anxiety, you know, it sucked to get out of bed. Um, I was still functioning at 700 pounds. I mean, I wasn't bedridden. So, and do not take this rough, but at 700 pounds, I always kind of look down on, um, you know, the five and 600 pound bedridden people, you know, and I'm, like I said, please, that is going to come across as me being a jerk. But I, you know, I always thought, Hey, I'm 700. I can function and I can do this. Well, no, you can't. And by then it caught up and I was broke down and I was starting to feel what they felt. Um, you can only do it so long. And that fall was really an eye opener. Um, we tried to do some stuff. I went to a conference and just walking from the motel room, the hotel room down to the conference hall would wind me and we'd have to stop four times, you know, and that that's pathetic. Um, a 40 year old man having to stop and sit down like that and breathe and stuff. And my wife just standing there. I mean, I know she's dying inside watching me, but she, you know, every time in the past, she'd mentioned something, I'd get pissed off and mad. Anytime anybody mentioned my weight, you know, I get mad. Who doesn't, you know, it's, it's a defense mechanism. And so that fall was it. And then the, uh, the, the, I mean, the, the main catalyst, I mean, the time where I was laying on rock bottom and decided, you know, it's either time to, my, my motto back when I first started was up or out. I mean, you can only swim up or you need to check out because you're wasting time on earth. And uh, December 2018, I was sitting in my garage in the dark holding a gun, um, thinking about the best way to angle it to not make a mess for my family to find. And... Uh, it wasn't anything emotional. I mean, my, my wife and my family life are rock solid, man. That, that is the only thing that kept me going, I think. And then the thought of them being raised by somebody else or my wife marrying somebody else, you know, that really, I think that's what turned me around. But I sat out here for three hours um, and faced a lot of stuff. And I decided that night that it's time to change. And when I say change, I don't mean this wasn't going to be one of my previous attempts where I lose 40 or 50 pounds and feel better. This was it. Like we're not the hole I'm crawling out of. We're, we're filling it up. We're done. And, uh, my wife had talked to me about keto for two or three months and fad diet, bull crap. You know, that's what I felt. And I actually started looking into it and she didn't know. I mean, for the, for a month I studied it and looked into it and I read books and I listened to podcasts and did everything I could to get prepped. And I, you know, I dropped it to her after the first of the year, um, that we needed to do this. And I didn't tell her the reason she, I honestly didn't tell her the reason she didn't know the reason why until three or four months later, because I knew she would blame herself. And I knew that I needed to be in a better spot before I could talk to anybody about that. So that. Uh, that little thing in December, I had to live with that for four months, but for four months, I used that as fuel. That was my fear and motivation not to, not to stray from my nutrition plan and not, and to stay focused. Um, 
I don't, I don't recommend it. It wasn't a lot of fun, but it, it, uh, it's what I needed. No, I think that makes, I think that makes sense. Ben. And I think, I, I think that's a dark place that a lot, that a lot of people listening to can, can relate to. Like you, you kind of, you brought us through a little bit, kind of like why, what led you to that, that place and, and wanting to kind of obviously wanting to get out of it. I, I think you found great motivation. Like, what was it like to try to change what you were eating? Because it sounds like, I mean, obviously getting to almost 700 pounds, your relationship oh, with it. food is twisted. Like it's, oh it's, man, it, well, just, just for, just for instance, like a meal could be like a fully loaded meat pizza, large extra cheese, you know, the works, that whole pizza, you know, two monster energy drinks. Cause they're by two, two for five and then a half dozen chocolate chip cookies. I mean, that was lunch. And then whatever for dinner, maybe the same thing for dinner or something bigger. So, I mean, I, I hate to admit that out loud, but I mean, that's the, that's the facts. I mean, that's, um, switching my food. Like I said, it, after that instance in the garage, I really started cutting back portions. There was no more whole pizzas. I mean, it, there was no more. I read, I mean, that was, man, I tell you what, that's a, that's a spooky place. I mean, there's a, there's a, people who have been there. know. And there's no describing it. Um, and uh, so I really started cutting back and I really started getting my head wrapped around this, you know, keto. I thought, you know, hey, I got to give up sugar and carbs and stuff, but I can eat meat and cheese and eggs. And that's cool because I'm, you know, I've always been a meat, you know, a carnivore type person. Um, so that's why it appealed to me. And that first month sucked, man. That first month, I told myself, we started January 22nd. I mean, that was that was day one, 2019, January 22nd. And I told myself, this first month, I'm only going to drink water, period. Water is the only thing that will hit my mouth. And the only thing I'm going to eat is uh, keto stuff. No desserts, nothing sweet, no keto sweeteners, nothing, none of that, none of it. It was meat, vegetables, and water. And that first three weeks was, that was bad, man. Um, anybody who's gone through the sugar withdrawals, you know, bad sugar withdrawals or carb withdrawals. I mean, that's, that's some serious, that's some serious sickness. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that fourth week I, um, I'd already dropped, uh, let me see. I'm going to pull my notes. I've got my notes sitting here in front of me for this. Um, that first month, like uh, one, uh, 114, 2019, I weighed in at 698. And then at 213, 19, I was at 665. So that first month was 38 pounds. And I instantly felt better, man. You get that crap. I mean, after the initial sickness was over, my head was clear. Man, my joints, my joints were already feeling better because when I started this, my knee, my left knee was so screwed up, it needed to be replaced at 40. Um, my right knee was jacked up and needed work and my back was trashed. I mean, you're carrying around that much weight, you know, I, I we don't know what extent my back was trashed. But it was, I mean, it was going to need work too. And I mean, my knees felt better. You know, I, I just, I felt better, you know, just losing that initial 40 pounds. And, you know, a lot of that's water weight. Um, but it just continually rolled off, um, by, by March 15th, I'd lost 50 pounds and that's just, just eating, just doing keto. That is just cause man, I knew, 
if I try to add exercise and I try to add this and I try to add that, I'm going to fail. So we literally just focused on food. I mean, for the first eight months of the year. Um, and, and, and of course, when we, when I jumped into it, I jumped into it. I mean, hardcore. It was, we made our own ketchup. We made our own everything. Um, we counted macros. We count, I mean, it was, it was, you know, we had the test strips that we checked every two hours to make sure we were in ketosis. And I mean, it was a madhouse and I don't know, probably about two months in, we just got lazy with it. And we're just, I just, I switched to where, you know, man, if I have green vegetables, great. If I don't, I'll eat a meat course. And then we started playing with intermittent fasting and that was great. But mine just really kind of started morphing in around June of 2019 to where I was eating, you know, mostly carnivore. And if I get a craving for green beans, I'll, I'll sit down and eat two pounds of green beans if that's what tastes good. And if I want seconds or thirds or fourths, man, green vegetables, I'll eat, I'll eat whatever I want. But then if I don't want them, I don't. Um, and by June, it, I, you know, we were doing keto and I was like, I'm tired of adding all this oil and fat and I'm tired of make and, and I just, I stopped eating, you know, all the calories that, that they thought I needed, you know, the trackers and all the apps and stuff. And, I started listening to my body and eating when I was hungry, you know, and, right, and even to this day, if I get hungry, I go to the fridge and grab a 20 ounce bottle of water. I shotgun it, wait about 15, 20 minutes. If I'm still hungry and it's not meal time, I'll get a snack. You know, we always have some kind of a, you know, boiled, we always have some kind of boiled eggs or sliced cheese or smoked meat or lunch meat or there's always something to snack on, you know, and, uh, we, uh, it, it has been literally a complete lifestyle change and spending that time last year, focusing on nothing, but, um, our diet. I mean, man, it is, it's, it's not even a diet. It's not even a nutrition plan. It's just, it's life now. It's second nature. Which I think is exciting to hear, man. And it's good that you're, I, I think it was smart to put the focus on, on the food, especially when. For most of us, especially when we're as large as you were, as large as I was, food is the issue. Like as as much as there's problems with moving our bodies and all of that, mm-hmm. getting control of the food. Because I talked to so many guys who were you know 500 pounds and they they decide to start with exercise, and mm-hmm. they focus on exercise, and didn't see much change because they didn't really change what they were eating. And so I think that focus on food is 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 an important thing for people to hear. Right. That the other things become important, but getting that in line first can really be essential. And what I'm curious about is like, because I, I think the physical side of food, you know, is powerful. You know, the joint relief, especially with keto, like, you know, going through carb withdrawal is a very real thing. Like sugar with, you know, sugar is a very powerful drug, especially in our culture. Yes, sir. How, what, what about kind of the other side of food, the quote unquote other side of food? Like, did you? Mental? Yeah, the mental side. Like, oh man, was that like because like was if food was because let, I mean let's be let's be realistic. If you were six hundred and ninety eight pounds, you were using food for more than sustenance. Like oh absolutely. How did, absolutely. How did working through that go for you that first year? I have I've I've just recently started posting a bunch about the mental aspect of this because apparently that is 
from what I'm finding out, there's a lot, a lot of people out there that want to talk about it because it is embarrassing. And it was embarrassing for me. It still is, man. I, I hate, I hate talking about, man, I don't want to tell people I used to eat a large pizza, six cookies, two monsters. And that was just the, that was just the inner, that was just the entry course. You don't, you don't want to admit, you don't want to admit that. I don't want to admit my weakness, but nobody wants to. So I think somebody needs to. And man, the mental part is the worst part. So when we first started this, I had several people tell me, look, it's 90% nutrition, 10% exercise, and you'll conquer this. And that might be fine and dandy for somebody who's been in shape before or who's ever, I've never been in shape. I mean, even, even working on, even working, you know, and stuff back when I could work when I was younger and stuff, I wasn't in shape. I mean, I, I, I could work, but that's not, I couldn't run. Um, I can't run now yet, but. Uh, we might get there one day, but uh, when you hit that, and, and excuse me, this is one of the terms I use, and this is not, I mean, this is just kind of who I am, but when you hit that super heavyweight division or the super carrier division, it's no longer 90% food, 10%. It's 50% or 60% mental and 30% food and 10% exercise. I mean, because, man, when you're when you're addicted to food and that is your... That is where you run when something goes bad or that's how you reward yourself or that's how you you cope. I mean, what do you do? I mean, alcoholics, they use alcohol to cope, you know, and then they get cleaned up and they're in recovery. You don't have to have alcohol to live, but you have to have food, you know. And so I just the mental part, especially I mean, especially for folks that are starting out you know, 500 plus, 400 plus, even 300 plus. I mean, if they're a smaller stature person, they're going to have to get their head wrapped around the fact that they can't have that stuff anymore. You know, how many times have folks have dropped a bunch of weight and then thought, hey, I'm doing good, and then they back off, and then boom, guess what? It's back. And I, I think the mental aspect of this is, I think it's a thousand times worse than the actual physical part of it, especially when you have been to that that heavyweight class. How do you think, like, I, you, I mean, you identified, you know, food is an addiction. Like, how do you think you used food, you know, when you were in your heavier days? Like, what was food to you then? Honestly, I just don't know. Like, it, it, it was, like, I guess if you had to describe it, it would have been just like a straight up drug, man. You know, when you're, when you're sitting there, you know, you know, munching on, I mean, just think back to the day and I hate to do this because it makes me have a craving and I don't want to do this to people, but that especially that are kicking butt on their journey, on their, their health. But think back to how you used to feel just like that. I mean, I can remember what it used to be like to taste, you know, to bite into something that I loved, you know, that I absolutely thought I couldn't live without. I mean, that's an addiction. I can still think about it, even though I don't have those thoughts of that food anymore. I can still remember the taste and smell and feel of whatever I was biting. That's not right. I mean, that's not normal. You don't start thinking about a cheeseburger that you ate 15 years ago that was the best thing ever, and you can still, your mouth still waters. That's not normal. That's a mental problem. That's an addiction. So, you know, my whole, my whole deal with it was just straight up addiction. I mean, that was my relationship with food. It was unhealthy. It was it was no better than heroin. No, I, I think that makes sense, man. And I, I think people are going to relate to that. And 
what I'm curious about with it is, so what, what is the mental side of it like for you now? Um, I don't even, I'll be honest with you. Food is fuel. I, I don't give it any more thought than that. I mean, now if I taste a, if I taste an exceptionally good steak or I nail a recipe or something, I can appreciate a good taste, but food is fuel. I have no relationship with food. It is dead to me because I know the minute, the minute I turn my back on it, food will try to kill me again. It doesn't love me. It's not there for me. I mean, that's what's going through my head. And that's what I have to say, man. That's that. I mean, that, that everything I say, I, I just want everybody to know if I say something that's offensive, I'm sorry, but this is what goes through my head. You know, it's not, it, I'm not spouting truthful gospel. I'm just saying what I have to tell myself on a daily basis. You know, my posts come off as hard and rough, but this is what's keeping me moving. This is what motivates me. So I just hope it helps somebody. But well, yeah, food is fuel. That is it. Well, let's be honest, Justin. Well, one, if, if someone gets offended by you talking about how you had to change your attitude towards food to save your life, like that person has their own problems, but you literally had to save your life. Like yes. 698 pounds at 40 years old, you weren't going to see 50. Like, oh, I don't, I, I honestly, were, there's times I don't know why I didn't have a heart attack or didn't have diabetes or right. any of that stuff. I don't, I don't understand any of that. The, so. hu the human body is not meant to function at that size. Like, and we, we force it to, you know, we make it, we make it work and, you know, we get through it, but we deal with the pain. Cause that, that's one of the things I've talked about a lot. Like, I think it's incredible how adaptable our brains are, what we get used to, what we turn into our normal, you know, the pain the the physical ailments you know just i mean to me and this is where i come off as is sounding harsh like to me when someone could like i i look i look at the case where most cases of type 2 diabetes are brought about by what people are eating and i look at the fact that people would rather get on injectable medication instead of change what they're eating you know like that shows like the power of that that mental side of food and like the the, the fact that we sometimes need to use food to save ourselves. And so I think your perspective, you know, even if someone else is out there, because I think there could be someone else out there. Like I have friends that have lost, you know, 300 pounds that still eat, you know, portion control of the foods they used to love and they exist fine. Oh. And that's oh, how, absolutely. And that's how their relationship with food works. But I think for some people, it does have to go to that abstinence place because the middle ground doesn't exist and might it exist someday for someone, you know, that's the other, the other piece. Like I say to, I say, especially the people I'm working with, you know, we use the tools we need when we need to use them. You know, right. we, we use the, we use the philosophies and the beliefs and the strategies that we need when we need them. And for some people, you know, I've got, I've had some friends who went abstinent from some foods for de a decade and then eventually found that they could manage their relationship with that food and more power to them. And I, right. I know other people who have done abstinence for a decade and then tried that food again and fell right back into that dark place as if they had yeah. never left it. And so and like, I, I think there's such an individual relationship with food in, in so many ways that it's almost like, I, I personally feel like it would, it, it's almost impossible to write a book about food addiction because right. of how individual it is. Well, you, you can't, you can't preach weight loss to anybody because I'll be honest with you. I think a weight loss, weight loss is just as individual as each individual person. 
I mean, there's no, there's nothing that's going to work for one person. You know, I, my, my, my thing, my, the way I eat and stuff, it, I mean, it, it works for me. It's worked for my wife. I mean, she's dropped 80, oh, she's dropped 85 pounds plus. Um, and she stuck right there with me. Um, my wife will be one of those people that once we, once she's, once she's satisfied with where she's at, I believe she'll be able to dip, dip her toe back into those foods, those comfort foods and stuff. And it's not going to affect her and she won't jump back into that. I mean, she has that kind of self-control that she will be one of those folks. Um, me, I'm an all or nothing. And it, it doesn't bother me when people around me are, they can do whatever they need to do. They can eat whatever they want to eat. And that's, that's another thing. I don't know if you ever experienced that when you were losing weight, but I hate that. Oh, we can't have this. Justin's coming over. It's like, you can eat whatever you want to, you know, and if I need to, I can bring my own food or most of the time I'm not hungry, you know, when I go somewhere. So I try not to be offensive, but I, I, I have had to make it this time. This time has had to be about me. I can't worry about, you can't worry about other folks if you're trying to get serious about this. I, and that's a rough approach, but you have to do what's good for you. Um, you know, and I, like I said, that's what drove me that we go back to the fear. That's what drove me before. And then I guess you could say we traded one addiction for another, um, you know, that addiction to sugar and stuff. And then that addiction to win and, and beat this thing. Which, but I think that makes sense. I think if you have a personality that 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 leads to addiction, you know, that is is drawn towards addiction, there's going to be those neural pathways that have to be satisfied. And if you're satisfying them with something that is moving you forward health wise and is not destroying your life, then call it an addiction, call it whatever you want. But you're you're doing something that's that's positive in the end. And so. Justin, you spent this first year focusing on the first year focusing on food. How much weight? How much weight did you lose the first year? Uh, we forgot something. Okay. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, when we were talking about 698 getting that big, we also forgot about ailments, sleep apnea, asthma, um, severe allergies, uh, severe lymphedema in my legs. You know, my my ankles and stuff would swell up the size of basketballs. Um, I'd had four cellulitis infections in one leg and five in the other. And that was another looming fear. You know, if I do live to 50, am I going to have both my legs? Um, so just all these health issues. Um, okay, so back to that first year. Um, I lost between when we started and Septem mid-September, I'd lost uh, 170 pounds just focusing on diet. And, of course, once that weight comes off, you start feeling better, so you naturally start moving more. Um, I started walking, not, not a, not a walk plan. I, we didn't go for walks and stuff, but like I could walk distances. You know, we actually took a family vacation last year. I mean, we went all over the country. We took, we rented a van and drove through to South Carolina, visited the beach. When then we, on the way home, we drove down through Florida, the South coast and up. I mean, it was, it was amazing. I'd never spent that kind of quality time with my family. And at that point I was down 150 ish pounds. Um, Still wasn't feeling perfect, but was so much better. Um, and then um, in September, that's when I started working out and uh, added exercise to it and got that discipline down. So by the end of the year, I had lost 250 pounds even. So from, so from January 22nd to December 
31st, it was 250 pounds even. That's incredible, man. Like that's, that's life changing in a year. Like, and, and as much as, and it's funny because you went from, you know, so 698 to four in the four forties, you know, and there's probably someone out there who is in the four forties right now where that's the heaviest weight they've ever been. And they feel like their life is over, you know, and is in that perspective on it. But knowing where you were to get to that point, you know, the changes had to have been, you know, incredibly, you know, positive for you, like in, in something that was, you know, driving you forward. That's, that's awesome, man. I honestly, inside my head, I didn't notice a single change in my body looks wise or I mean, I felt better. Don't get me wrong. My joints felt better. I didn't hurt all the time. I mean, I was still sore most of the time. But it wasn't until mid-November till the flip, till the switch. The, like it, and I, the only way I can describe it, and I've described it to other people, and other people have described it to me, there's just a switch flip. And it's like all of the year's hard work hit me in one day. And you want to talk about emotional day. Because I'm not an emotional guy. I'm just not. I am now. Um, but you know, it all hit at once. It's like, Hey, I got, I got, I got 25 years back years, backlog years worth of self-respect and self-worth hit me in one day. And that's when things really got kicked into gear. Um, and, but yeah, no, that, that first year was, you know, by the end of the year, I was feeling pretty amazing. And then, and then what came next for you? Cause I know you made some, some other new discoveries that have moved you forward <laughs> into 2020. Well, uh, September, in September, like I said, I, I pulled out, um, years before one of my other attempts, um, I'd seen a, a video on Facebook or on YouTube about a guy named Arthur Borman that had lost a bunch of weight using a, uh, yoga program that, um, professional wrestler diamond Dallas page had put out. And I told my wife about it. And that's the first time in years, cause I'd lifted weights 10 years before and had lost some weight. But of course, back then the diet was still garbage, but Hey, I was working out and I got up to where I was lifting a bunch of weight, but wasn't in shape. Um, but so I got excited. They ordered the DVDs. We got them. I did it for about a month and was feeling better, but we didn't get serious. And so then they got stuff to the back and, September 2019, four years later, we pull them out and I got down on the floor on September 16th, the day before my birthday and my 40th, 41st birthday and tried to do a workout and cried. Um, I couldn't move, um, crawling down on the floor that much, that much pressure on my knees hurt. Um, so that was, that literally was almost doomsday for me. Um, you know, we'd actually, on our keto journey, we'd actually, we'd scheduled cheat days. We decided on our anniversary on May 19th, we were going to have cheesecake, and we didn't. And then it was kind of one of those, let's see how far we can take it. But that September 16th was almost doomsday for me. I almost quit the entire thing. And when you're laying in the floor and you can't even, you know, getting down on your knees, just, just the act of bending over and touching the floor and then putting your knees down hurts. And then once you're down there, then they're wanting you to move and twist around. And, um, I decided then, and I, this is what I told myself. I told myself to quit being a pussy and get your fat ass up and do this. And I did that. And I berated myself by myself 
and made fun of myself for that entire first month. And I haven't told anybody that. So this is a, this is a first, but I sat there and made fun of myself and belittled myself and told myself how worthless I was for that first month. And that pushed me through. Um, and that's what I had to do. I mean, I hate it. And that, that was one of the, that was devastating. But when you're doing that to yourself, when I was doing that to myself, um, it was fuel. And I finally got, man, by October, I was bumping up into down dog. I was holding 10-second planks. I mean, I could get up and out of the floor. I mean, it was amazing what I pushed myself to in that first month. And that was just animal rage and drive to be better. Um, and so then I decided in October, man, we're going to do this. And so I decided I was going to work out every day through October, and I did. And then in November, I started a Facebook group called No Rest Day November, and it was charge ahead, no rest. If you're hurting, do it. It doesn't matter. You know, pain is blah, blah, blah. And, man, I destroyed myself for six months. I got in shape. Don't get me wrong. Well, I was getting in shape. I was building muscle, losing weight, um, feeling good. And then it started catching up, and everybody told me to slow down. You're going to hurt yourself. And I didn't ever, ever hurt myself, but I did burn myself out a bit. Um, and it caught up with me this year in July. Um, and I finally took a few days and I, I had a consecutive streak. I had, I was going for a full year of DDP yoga without a single rest day, you know, machining it out. And one day hit and I screwed up and missed my workout and it was devastating. And then I took a couple of days and rested. And then I went back to the mat three days later and I was a machine. I mean, I was stronger. Um, so I've, I don't, I still try to work out every day, but I've also learned to really back off. Um, I have a physical labor job. I'm self-employed and I have a steel shop in business. And so, um, this year has been a lot of physical labor that I haven't been able to do. And so there's been a big balancing act between, Hey, if I burn 5,000 calories today at work in 110 degree heat, I don't have to go bang out a one hour thousand calorie burning workout. I've already done my workout for the day. I don't need to, you know, you, you work eight hours in a hundred degree heat moving steel. I mean, most people don't do that. So they need that hour and a half workout. They need to burn those calories. And so that has been a hard thing for me this spring is to learn, Hey, why don't we step back and do an active recovery stretch at the end of the night for 15 minutes versus you know, burn yourself out for an hour. You've already done that today. Um, but I, th but, I think uh, that I think that shows a, a mindful growth in terms of oh, your approach to it all. Like it's it's showing that you're not coasting. Like it's not like I because it's funny because I think there's some people like I, I see some of the I see some folk you know post every day. You know, got to get it in every day. Got to get it in every day. And then they're like posting. You know. Had you know worked a fourteen hour shift, did this, did that, so now it's two o'clock in the morning, and I'm out here getting my you know getting my two hour walk in, and I'm gonna get an hour of sleep, but I'm doing amazing, and I I think that intensity can help people at times, but uh, but I think when you're able to put what you're doing in context and build a more, I I don't think the word is livable, but build a more sustainable active approach to how you're moving your body and how it incorporates into your life. Like you, like you've said, you've done, like, I think that's more, that's where people should want to get to is not just I'm doing it because I'm doing a 30 day challenge, 
but because this is my life and I, okay, today I, I wasn't as active so I can do a little more, you know, and then today, like you said, I worked eight hours moving steel in a hundred degree weather. If I go to push to do a two hour, two hour workout right now, I'm probably going to, I'm going to drop over. So, and then, and, and the thing, and this is the thing I've, I've said to people before, like, so it's great that you did, you know, you worked eight hours in 100 degree heat moving steel and then you went and you did your two hour workout and you're amazing. And how were you the next day? You know, could, could you even function the next day? You couldn't like. Well, and, and if you can, if you can, how long can you keep that up before you finally crash or seriously hurt yourself? Right, right. That's what I, that's what I, I know. That's what I was heading towards was a serious injury or uh, just a complete exhaustion breakdown. Yeah. And that's, and I think it's like. In some levels, I think the injury is the lucky thing to happen mm-hmm. because yeah, yeah. what I see more happen is someone gets so enraptured, you know, gets so inra- involved and so wrapped up in this idea that they're that person that does this every day that when it doesn't happen, it throws them completely in the other direction. And, and you know, especially for someone dealing with a food addiction at the same time, you know, binge behaviors come back and, you know, feeling sorry for yourself and like all of those things that lead you to the dark place return because you know that part of your brain was just waiting for you to open that door and by getting so laser focused on i have to do x y and z i have to you you know you set yourself up for failure sometimes and i i think giving yourself the grace to say okay today is maybe a better day for some stretching and okay you know today's a day that i need to actually rest i need to do some active rest so maybe i'm going to do a light walk or maybe i'm going to maybe i'm going to spend time with the family like being conscious of your body's needs is so important and Absolutely. gets overlooked on the impact it has on your mental health. Oh, and the, the, you know, I, 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 I firmly believe in, in that, in, in tracking and listening to your body. I think that is, I think that has been one of the most important things about this is stepping back and learning. I mean, I didn't get, I didn't start getting it until about six months in, you know, am I really hungry or, you know, is, is this the old stuff saying, Hey, eat some food, you know, you're hungry. Um, I, I just think getting that, getting that in your head. No, I, I think you're right. I think that's power. And, and I know for me, and I don't know if you relate to this, like for me, it was, it was when I actually kind of really got into living a ketogenic lifestyle, like eating a ketogenic style that I was able to start identifying where the hunger was coming from. Was it head hunger or was it body hunger? Absolutely. Because you weren't feeding those, you know, raging hunger hormones with carbs all day long. Like, so I, I, I became, and for some people, yeah, may, like, again, like I said, I've got friends that eat carbs all day long and they're finally in tune with their hunger. But for me, it took taking that substance away to know the difference between an actual physical hunger moment or, my I'm, my head's bored and it's telling me to eat. Like knowing the difference was really an important thing. Right. Absolutely. And I, I fully agree with the, the whole listening and the hunger. I mean, cause it's, we, we ha, it seems like as a society, we're trained to eat on the clock like rats, you know, boom, you get up, it's time for breakfast. Boom. It's noon. It's time for lunch. Boom. It's six o'clock. It's time for dinner. I'm not hungry at lunch. Well, you have to, you go into starvation mode. I think it probably takes a few days to hit to that, you know? Um, 
especially when you're 698 pounds, you, you can go a while without food, big boy. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, yes, you will go into starvation mode and that is not the healthy way to do it. And that is not the way I did it, but I'm just saying, I mean, how many years ago was it that people didn't realize, didn't know if they were going to have three meals a day, you know, and, and they weren't going to be 2000 calorie, heavily balanced, you know, perfectly portioned meals, you know, um, they ate what they could when they could. And most of those people were tough and hard scrabble and, uh, you know, they weren't overweight. They weren't, they, they weren't dying of heart disease. And I mean, they had other stuff, of course, but, uh, I just, that's, I'm, that's just the what that's the relationship with food that I that that I had to get to is I'm not hungry I'll eat when I'm hungry and keto really did help facilitate that and and I think that's important like it is important to to look I mean like this is a whole nother topic that we could probably talk about for hours but like you were saying like that idea of having to eat at certain times and having to have meals at certain you know certain types of meals is all about food marketing like it did not come from a place of necessity. It did not come from a place of, you know, because we know the food period was, was created by marketers, not by scientists. Like it was, so this idea that you get up and you have a bowl of sugary cereal with some fruit with it and a glass of juice and like, then maybe, maybe have some eggs in the side, like that idea that you have to start the day that way. And then, you know, and we know like that comes from the idea that, you know, back in the day, people were having a hearty breakfast because they didn't know when they were going to eat again, you know, and they were going out to work outside all day like that. Like, that's fantastic. But like, I, I think you're like, cause the other thing that I think about is like, in terms of the, of the evolution of our relationship to like sugar, sugar treats and carbohydrates is, you know, and again, I, I, again, now I feel like we're like the two old guys talking on this podcast, but like you want to, you want to go back, you know, go back decades and, it wasn't as easy, you know, they couldn't at that point walk into a supermarket and pick from 15 different snack cakes and 55 different cookies and all of that. Like if your family wanted a cake, someone was making a cake and so, exactly. you know, that, that it was something that was made by hand. So it wasn't it was special. It was special. It wasn't made every day. It was because right. of the amount of work that had to go into it. So cake was once a week. Like it and wasn't, expensive. Yeah, it was expensive and there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a, a piece of cake with lunch every day. There wasn't a piece of cake with dinner. There wasn't cake left over sitting in the kitchen, knowing that there's another 99 cent box of cake mix. If you want it, you finish that cake, just make another one. Like, and, and how many, how many people go, Hey, I had, I had dinner. Now it's time for dessert. And that starts in school. Hey, here's my fruit cup. And then, Oh, Hey, here's a cookie. Oh, here's a, here's a, here's a, and it's just, yeah, you don't, you don't have to have a cookie with every meal. I mean, it, you don't have to have a cookie period, honestly, but you know, it is what it is. Right. Like there's, we, we've taken away the, the context of, of even dessert itself being special, you know, like it, which if it had stayed in that context, it probably wouldn't have gotten as out of hand as it did, but it, it became something where it's like, have dessert before you're having your meal, you know, like. Yeah. And then, then the other thing that gets me too, is I, I deserve this cheap meal. I've done great this month. It's like, what, what, uh, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but to me, and especially the way my diet has been here, or I'm not going to say new diet. I'm just going to say the way I, my lifestyle, my lifestyle change has been, it'd be like going from a Ferrari and then one day going, Hey, gas, premium gas is too expensive. Let's put water in it today. I mean, 
why would you do that? Why would you take a high performance machine and then one day dump junk into it and hope, hope that it runs and runs properly? I mean, that, I mean, you're just ruining the whole setup. You're ruining the entire thing for one thing. And then, cause, cause the, I mean, you don't need it. Um, I had a post the other day that my, my food addiction, I'm not a dog. I don't need food treats. I reward myself now with t-shirts or, or, I mean, that's the crazy thing. You know, when you're 700 pounds, you don't go to Walmart and buy a t-shirt. You know, one of my favorite t-shirts and I, I, I will find one or I'll have one made. Do you remember back in the nineties when seven up had their campaign when they wanted to make seven up yours? Do you remember that? Like the shirt said, make seven on the front and on the back. They said up yours. I just, I mean, toilet humor, but I died when I couldn't find a shirt like that in my size. Cause I love that. I mean, it was just funny. It was clever, but they only went up to two X and I was already in a five at that point. So I got up to seven X's and I was custom ordering from Texas with extra long tails and then wash them in hot water and then stretch them up to a nine or 10 X. That way I was wearing a seven X and I never dried my clothes in the dryer. I mean, I stretched them out and hung dry everything. Oh yeah. I was talking to someone about that the other day when they were like talking about, um, buying a shirt and then, you know, there were the, the worry that once you wear it and then wash it, it's going to shrink. And I'm like, mm-hmm. don't you know the fat guy secret? I'm like, absolutely. You know, wash it, stretch it, well, stretch it, wash it, pull it out hang of the it. pull it out of the washer, stretch it again, and then hang dry it. I'm like, none yep. of my clothes ever went. You know, the only thing that I ever, I think the only thing I ever put in the dryer was bottoms and you know socks and underwear. Uh-huh. Like nothing on on top ever went in it. And when people are like, oh yeah, you should have that shirt dry cleaned. I'm like, I don't know what's how, what size it's going to come back. I'm like, I paid exactly. You know, I paid eighty dollars for this shirt to fit me, and it barely does. Like, no, I'm gonna. It may not, it may not, maybe it does, maybe it loses some of its shine, but I'm going to keep yep. washing it the way I'm washing it. Like, I'm sorry. That's, like you got to do what you got to do. Well, that, and the other thing you got too, is when you get up there and you're starting to buy those clothes, you may only have five shirts. You may only have four shirts oh, yeah. and two pairs of pants. I mean, cause when you got to buy a pair of jeans at the, I always called it the fat boy store, but the mm-hmm. big and tall store, you know, when you're buying jeans there, I mean, they're, they're getting you a hundred bucks a pair, 80 bucks a pair because oh, yeah. they can wear What else are you going to do? Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, where else are you going to shop? Well, I you don't re- have any choices. I mean, and I'm sure you can relate to this. Like, I remember when I outgrew, you know, the DXL Casual Mail store, and uh-huh. so then it, the only option at that at that point, literally the only option was the king size catalog. Yep. And this was back before online, you know, online or catalog shopping was a big thing. So, mm-hmm. if I ordered clothes from them, it could take four to six weeks for those clothes to arrive. Yep. There and was, if they did, they may or may not fit. Well, yeah. And then they arrive and literally there was no, like, this is something I've talked about with other guests. Like there's no consistency when it comes to huh. the cut. And I, you know, like it's this idea that like they, they just assume that the person gets wider, not longer, you know? Right. So big, big shirts, like, especially when you get up into that seven, eight, you know, nine yeah. X range, yeah. they're the same length as a four and a five X. Absolutely. Yeah. Your, your stomach is so big in front. So then basically you get a, you get a tank top that fits you width wise, but not lengthwise. Like, absolutely. It's, 
it's ridiculous. Like what? what so for anybody listening, with. though, if if you do need to, there's a place in Texas called Big Top Tees or Texas Apparel. They do custom T-shirts and they don't gouge you. There we go. So, look, look at that. You know. I'm sorry. I had to do that, man. I, I had so many people, so many people reach out and ask me where I used to find seven and ten X shirts. Man, they're awesome folks to work with. They always took care of me, and I hate that I'm actually well. I love and hate it. Uh, I hate that I'm actually able to buy shirts at Walmart. I actually did that two weeks ago. I bought a three XLT off the shelf, brought it home. Of course, you can't try them on right now there, and it fit. I dropped it on and went, oh, my word. It had, and you're going to understand this. Nobody else understands this because they're like, that shirt looks like it fits great. It touches me in a few spots. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you have those spots you do not want fabric touching because you feel fat. And it hits those spots. And so I'm wearing a 3XLT until it doesn't touch those spots. And then I'll go down to a 2X. But, man, I mean, out of all the NSVs, I think that is probably one of the big ones is finally being able. And my shorts, I ordered some 1X uh, athletic shorts off Amazon. And I'm going to have to drop down to an XL in about a month. I haven't worn, I haven't worn a, or I'm going to have to drop down to possibly a large. I just ordered an extra large. I might have to drop down to a large in about a month. I haven't worn a large gym short since seventh grade. Well, let's, and I'm 41. That's, that's incredible, man. So let's actually talk about not just your NSVs. Like let's get people up to speed to where you are today. Like let's talk about your scale victories. So from January of 2019 to right now, man, how much weight have you lost? As of Tuesday's weigh in, I've lost 368 pounds and that is just changing my nutrition and the only exercise I do is DDPY. That's it. And well, and physical labor. Let's put it that way. I'm addicted to physical labor now. Um, the backyard used to flood really bad and there's pictures of it. I've got posts on it. So I dug a, I dug a 60 foot trench and parts of it are about two foot deep just to drain the backyard. And I did that with a shovel and a pickaxe in Southern Missouri. And anybody that just heard Southern Missouri knows we raise rocks. That's what we grow. And so I trenched through rocks and dirt. And then I redug the drainage ditch, a hundred foot of drainage ditch by hand, just be, just to do it. So, I mean, yeah, physical labor, DDPY and proper nutrition. That's it. No pills, no potions, no powders, no surgery. That's, that, that's amazing, man. And obviously someone out there with, you know, 50 pounds, 75 pounds to lose is is going to hear that you lost that much in a year and be like kind of freaking you know, like freaking out. But it's like we said, 698 is not a weight that the body should be at. So when you start no. to give it the proper nutrition and start to move it properly, it adapts. And you've, done, you've done amazing work over this past, you know, year and a half. So one of the, one of the questions that then comes up, cause you talked about the ailments that you used to really kind of plague you, man. Like what are, what are all of them like now? Gone. Literally gone. Um, the lymphedema in my legs, they, you know, they say that will never clear up and I'm actually getting the natural color, like the purple, the dark purplish red Brown that's receding. Like my skin is healing down there. That hard tissue that builds up down there that is starting to soften up and dissolve. Like the doctors are, the, the, my doctor is just absolutely flabbergasted. Um, and it's stuff is changing. Um, you know, my I stopped using my CPAP machine in December. Um, all my I've I've been on asthma medication since I was two. Um, my asthma's gone. I haven't used a, I haven't used a rescue inhaler since last June. 
Um, I, I have one blood pressure and I was on nine medications for asthma, allergies, and blood pressure. I'm on one five milligram hydrochlorothiazide water pill right now. And that's because, um, one of the cellulitis infections in my left leg, um, put me in the hospital for nine days. And my leg was literally like, like said, literally the size of a basketball. And so it stretched all that skin and tissue. So now over the course of the day, being six foot seven, I do still have fluid retention in that leg. And so that hydrochlorothiazide helps it to not, not swell as much. So I, if I have to take that the rest of my life to just maintain that, that leg fine, but that, that calf muscle that was destroyed and it felt like spaghetti in there after that last infection, it's, it's healing up, it's rebuilding itself. Um, I don't need the back surgery. I don't need the knee surgeries. I don't need any of that. Like it's other than the loose skin that I'm battling right now. Right. That's it. And and that was going to be one of the questions. Cause I know you've posted <laughs> about that recently. Like, and yep. that's a, it, it's amazing. Like loose skin is, is such a, a topic that, you know, drives people in so many different directions. You know, I, I'm not sure if you do too, but I get messages from, from people you know, that are in that, they're in that four or five, 600 pound range that are basically say, I can't lose weight because I don't want to deal with loose skin. I, man, I, yeah, I've had several of that. And I, my, my, uh, this is again in my head, do you want loose skin or do you want to die? Right. I mean, that is that at the end of the day is the, I mean, hard truth. I, that is kind of my motto. I try to, I try to give hard truths because they're, they're what I tell myself. And it's okay. I don't want the loose skin either. I don't want it. It's gross. I don't like looking at myself in the mirror with it, but I sure as hell didn't like looking at myself in the mirror at 700 pounds. Mm. What would you rather have loose skin or be able to walk down the road without passing out? Right. I mean, loose skin and be able to trim your toenails without passing out. How, how much have you changed? How much more are you able to do since you've lost your weight? Right. Would no, I'm asking you, would oh. you go back to would you go back to the, would you trade? I mean, would you trade like if you could go back and to the way you were living and just because you didn't have loose skin, I wouldn't. Right. Like, I'm sorry. That wasn't real clear, but no, no. I mean, you're right. Like it's just the, you know, and I mean, I feel I, as much as I feel my loose skin, you know, I know i mine is in some, in some ways, not as bad as some other people that have lost the same weight that I have, but it's, it's a part I see it's a part of the journey. Like it shows you the, like right. there's two, there's two pieces to it. Like one, there's the, the virtuous one where it's like, it's a, it's a badge of honor showing me the work that I've done, which oh, I'm like, right. <laughs> but on the good days, like, well, and then like, but the other thing is like, it also shows me, it reminds me of the damage I intentionally did to my body. You know, it, it's a reminder of what I did. And you know what I could go back to if I'm not careful. Like it's it's very much that. And like and I know you know I, I'm I'm getting the feeling you were about to say that like you know surgery is something that you're gonna obviously pursue is yep. something you're gonna pursue. <laughs> like for me, it's not like it's just not right. something like it. And but I also I'm not in, I'm not impeded at all. Like it's not something that impacts me to that direct. And I'm just a I'm just a big Frady cat. Like I'm terrified of of surgery and doctors and all that stuff. And Will I have a different attitude five years down the line? Maybe, but I also know five years down the line, I'll be in my fifties. And at that point, you know, it is what it is. But so that is something, you know, obviously that, that, so that is something that you're, you're looking into. 
or you, you want um, to look into eventually? I am. I, I actually have an appointment on the 18th with the plastic surgeon here local. Um, man, it's just to get my head wrapped around the process. I am one of those people. I'm a planner. I'm a worrier. I, I, I've got anxiety. And so I'm at least a year or two out from even considering, even considering the surgery. But it's just like that, you know, starting that nutrition plan. I need to start processing because, and this is even bigger than getting, and I know it shouldn't be, but in this aspect, they're going to be cutting pieces of me off. That's a, I mean, I hate to put it that way, but that, that's a big thing to wrap yourself, wrap around yourself. You know, some folks are like gone. Uh, me, I'm kind of like, they're going to be and and maybe, maybe talking to the plastic surgeon, maybe he can, maybe there's other options. Um, I want to know if there's some of these areas that are loose, is this going to become a health risk? You know, it's just an information fact finding deal. Um, I also hope that I can help folks in the future. I, I've turned a corner. I finally feel like mentally I'm good enough. Um, physically I'm getting there. Um, I want to start helping some folks and over the next few years, if I can do that, I held on to this loose skin. Like you said, it is a badge. It is something that I've earned. And if you walk up there in an extra large shirt in a large pair of shorts and go, I used to weigh 698 pounds. Dude, I don't even look like the same person now. So you can show them a picture. I get that all the time. It's two different people. And it's like, no, it's really not. Um, but, uh, it, you know, then you could go, okay, we'll check this out. You know, lift your shirt up and go, oh, well, I guess he really did. You know, if you have that surgery, of course, you'll have those scars and stuff. But it's, I don't think it tells the same story in the beginning. So, um but yeah, I mean, and, and it could be that through fasting, I've heard some amazing things through, through, through fasting and stuff. And the way I'm eating is more or less intermittent anyways. Um, most days, you know, 99% of the time. So maybe that'll, and I don't think I have as much as I probably should. Um, because of, you know, the, the moments of intermittent fasting and stuff like that. I've had several people suggest water fasting, but that just sounds ridiculous. I'll give you, I'll give you my, my, my opinion on, you know, everyone I've talked to who's dealt with, with massive weight loss and all these things. I think the people that say fasting will a hundred percent cure loose skin didn't lose as much weight. Like I, I've, I've yet to come across someone that's lost 300 pounds that has gotten rid of all their loose skin just through fasting. It, I've, there literally is no one like I would love, I would love for there to be someone but the idea that, you know, fascia rolling and creams and like there's all these things, I th they all help. And I do, I honestly think my skin is the way it is, is, is as good as it is because of the, I think it's more about the type of food I ate. It's about, you know, putting healthy food into the body, healthy single ingredient, you know, food, avoiding carbs, like all of that. Like, and then the amount of fasting that I did as well. Like, I, I think there's all these factors that come into play. But realistically, like when... You've like, like both of us, like when you were wearing a seven X and eight X shirt and you clear that, you clear that house out, basically, you know, you empty the shed, the shed's still there. Like the, 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 the you know, the, the, the frame of that shed is still there. So, but like you said, this is the other thing, like I say to people and I would say, you know, obviously say to you too, like I, one of the biggest pieces of advice I was given by someone was get to your goal weight and stay there for two years before you consider surgery. You know, to allow your skin time to heal because losing weight is trauma. 
you know, losing weight is a physical trauma to the body. So give your body some time to relax and some time to heal and then say, yeah, maybe I do want to do this or no, I don't want to do this. Like, and, but at the end of the day, it is your choice. Like, that's the thing is like, I don't get, I I get the people that yell at, at all of us and say, you should get it. You have to get it. You should get it. You look so much better. Like, I understand the aesthetic side of that. I don't get the people then that get mad at people that do have it and and feel like somehow they did something wrong because they chose to have the cert. It's like people you can never make everyone happy, I guess, is the lesson at the end of the day. Like what is more important is obviously what you're what you're doing to make yourself happy, which which I which I think kind of takes us just in like. So what makes you happy these days? Like where where's where where are things at for you now and where are things going? Uh, one more thing, and I know we, I know we, you, you, I know the time constraints, and we try to keep this stuff. But one of the big things that I, I really think I want to touch on, and I, it will take just take a few minutes, is for people for people who are losing a lot of weight. I mean, there's going to be some mental stuff coming up, guys. I mean, there's there's a there's a bad bad road in your head because everybody thinks, hey, you've lost 300 pounds, you should be happy. Oh, I, I, don't get me wrong, I'm dancing. But when you go from being the fat guy in the room that I'm not going to say they feel better about themselves by looking down on you. But when you start, like you lose some friendships or you that's coming. I mean, it's a rough road and you're going to have to be mentally tough for it, but it is so worth it. I mean, I've lost some friendships. Um, I've drifted apart from some folks. Um, you know, I, 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 I am, I am so hard bit on my lifestyle now and the way I live that I'm sure it's off-putting to some people. Um, and, and, and I, you know, I hate that, you know, I'd love to help everybody. Um, but it is tough. I mean, it's not an f- instant switch. You're not instantly happy, but you've got to like me right now, if I start to have a bad day, I jump on a 15 minute DDPY workout and get the endorphins running. Or I go outside and stretch, or I stroll next door and talk to my neighbor, or I go see my wife. That I should have started with that one, right? Can you edit that and make sure that make sure that you say I go visit with my wife for a little bit? Because that's that's usually my number one go-to because she has been literally the she is the heart and soul of this. I mean, if I'm if I'm the if I'm the steam engine or the or the nuclear motor that's running this thing, she is the heart and soul. Um. So no, no. We'll make sure she knows that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So she, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, so yeah, that's, uh, there, there's some rough roads and I mean, there's some, and that's where I was this spring was trying to get my head wrapped around the weight change. Like I'm 700 pounds and I'm sedentary and I don't do anything to, you know, now, nowadays, you know, under 400 and I'm able to do a lot of stuff like some of my, some of my workout videos and stuff. I'm able to hold myself up on one hand and one foot now, man, that there's no way. You know, and then some of the some of the stuff you catch yourself doing in, in any kind of workout program or any kind of DDPY or any kind of uh, the other day I was putting mulch down in the garden and the yard and how who loves doing mulch and our flower beds are like four foot from like the edge to the house. Man, I was able to reach up with my left hand and spread mulch with my right. Like I'm standing on the edge of the flower bed molding in like down dog position, putting mulch down one handed. And I'm spread I spread ten bags of mulch in like fifteen minutes. So I mean, it's just the little things like that. You, I mean, and when you step back and go, that was awesome, you know, 
And and then when you look over and your nephew standing there with his mouth open going, that was awesome. You know, that's pretty cool. So that those are the things that bring me joy. I love it, man. Uh, that that sounds fantastic. And I think the, the greatest thing that kind of shines through in everything you've been sharing with us today, like, is your perspective in the moment has, has been strong. And you're able to look at where you're at versus where you were and, and use that to continue to fuel, to drive yourself forward. So I, I have no doubts that we're just going to continue to see more success. And I hope you do know that you're, you are definitely already inspiring people. I know you, you, you've been on, was it twice you've been on local television? Yeah. Um, good morning four States here in town in Joplin, Missouri reached out to me, um, in December, um, and wanted to do a story. And at that point I'd lost, you know, a little over 200 pounds. Um, and then we just recently did a follow-up story and, uh, uh, so yeah, they've done that a couple of times. And then, uh, Diamond Dallas Page and did DDP Yoga Organization have have recognized me a few times too, uh, so that's that's been a big boost. And I actually talked to him on the phone back last December. Um, he caught my caught my progress on Instagram and just called me out of the blue um, to congratulate me and, and 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 push me forward a little bit harder and you know tell me to step up my game on my workouts and get the app and. Um, I've talked to, and he's, I've talked to him a time or two since then, um, you know, get the call of encouragement and, um, everything. So, um, it's, it's just been an amazing journey and yeah, it is a mindset. It is a complete lifestyle change. Um, and it, it's, it's who I am now. I, that's, that's a perfect way to describe it, man. Like it definitely does sound like you, you've made some lasting massive change. Uh, which is just really, really exciting to hear. And then the, the future, I, I, uh, back in March, I signed up to start my level one DDP yoga certification. So I'm going through that process right now. And I hope to, you know, sometime in the near future, be able to start teaching classes in my area and, um, see where that goes from there. Um, I, my, my doctor facility that I use right now, I'm, I guess I should have mentioned this beginning. I'm, I'm Native American and I use the Native American health system. And one of the things I'd like to do is try to branch out and start teaching some classes down in, down in Oklahoma, which isn't too far from us. Um, there's a exercise center there with the health center. I'd love to start getting in there and start helping, you know, helping the tribes out and helping those folks get back up and get moving. Um, and, uh, so I've, I've got a lot of, lot of goals. I want to, I really want to help people because, you know, when you hit that six and 700 pound mark, I mean, right there, you, you honestly think there's no hope. And I didn't want to share this story. I wasn't going to do any social media at all, period. Um, and my wife talked me into it. Um, she said, people need to know. Um, I mean, I, I, I didn't think so. And I, I still have a hard time posting. I know it sounds like I've got word diarrhea on every post. I really don't. I've, I, I worry about that and I stress on that daily trying to come up with what I need to say. And then for some reason it just hits me what needs to come out. And it's just a part of my journey that I'm trying to throw out there. And if that can, if that, you know, I've, I've said it several times, if that can, if that can keep one dad sitting in his garage from pulling the trigger, then I guess all the embarrassment of telling these stories and being on podcasts is worth it. So, cause I know, I know what that desperation feels like. I think you're right, man. And I have no doubts that 
that is uh, an impact that you will have and continue to have as you move forward. I think all of those opportunities sound really great. And I think all of us are lucky to have you out in the space, you know, sharing this, this experience, you know, with, with the rest of the world. You're going to make me blush. Stop that. Um, we did now. We did start a Facebook page. It's called "You Are Worth It Health." You are worth it, health and wellness. Um, it, that was my no rest, no no rest day, no no giving up Facebook page, and it was brought to my attention that where where my hard truths, my no BS line in the sand is great. It could be a turnoff to some people, and I don't want to miss anybody. Um, so we have started the "You Are Worth It" page, and it is. Let's get in here and let's start building people up. Let's give them a place that they can go to get that encouragement to work out. You know, let's give them that place that they can come for encouragement to eat right. And I'm a member of several groups on Facebook. Um, I, I love I love every each and every one of the groups I'm in. Um, but I really wanted to start my own place because I really want people to help be able to focus on not only just the physical and nutrition, but a place where they can start, you know, thinking about their mental health too. And I don't have a degree. I'm not a counselor. I'm just going to keep throwing out, you know, what, what's in my head because evidently a lot of people don't want to do that. They don't want to tell the, the dark and dirty and evidently I'm not going to have a problem with it. So, well, I think that sounds great. And we're going to make sure that the link to the Facebook group is in, is in the show notes. And also, if people want to connect with you on Instagram, Justin, how do they find Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Uh, it's Dobbin, it's, it's Instagram at Dobbins, JW, all lowercase. There we go. And I will make sure there's a link to that as well in our show notes. Okay. So Justin, I end every episode with five questions I call the fat guy five. Are you ready Sweet. for your run through them? Let's get it done. Okay. Here we go, man. So question number one today, tell us Justin living or dead. Who is your favorite fat guy? Uh, Chris Farley. There we go. He is the, he's the answer I get a lot. So uh, John Candy, John. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. John Candy, <laughs> John Candy, John Candy, Chris Farley. There I mean, we go. They're, okay, so I mean, there's because I am an '80s kid. Right. I I had hope for you, Justin. I was like, he's in his 40s. No, 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 no. '80s kid. So so no, we'll say we'll say John Candy. We'll say John Candy. I, I always forget he died way too young. Mm. Um, so no, John John Candy. Yes. Josh, John Candy, and then Chris Farley. There we go, man. Question number two. Justin, what is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? Um, I don't want to do it again. I don't want to be there again. I mean, if I, if I can take anything away from that, I won't go back. I know a lot of people say that. I, I won't. I can't. I, I, I literally don't. I won't survive going back, mentally or physically. Um, so I guess that would be it is that would be it. There we go. Justin, question number three, what is one action that a person out there listening can take today to get their journey started? Um, you need to find your why you need to find out, you need to come up with the number one reason why you want to lose weight and why you want to get in shape. Um, and you need to make sure that your why is more important than any craving, any addiction, anything that you can possibly come up with along the way. Um, my personal why is my family. I put them above everything else. You know, I want to raise my kids. I want to see them grow old. I want to raise my, I want to grow old with my wife. 
I want to, you know, that's my why. That's, that's why I don't eat what I eat. And I'm not saying that that is, I'm not saying if you eat sugar, you don't love your family. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that is my personal reason. So if you, if your why is more important than, Hey, I've got to have a donut this morning. And then you go back to, Hey, I'm losing weight because I think that should give you the motivation and fuel, but just make sure it's more important than anything you can fall back on or any excuse. I think that's perfect, man. Question number four, Justin, tell us, what is something about yourself that you love? Uh, <laughs> uh, man, I didn't think that was a hard, that's a rough question. Mm. Um, gee, thanks. Now you're going to throw me into a tailspin the rest of the day. Mm. Um, I guess I'm going to have to love the new self-confidence that I'm gaining. Um, I've never had confidence before. I've never had self-worth. Um, I hope that it doesn't come off as cockiness sometimes because it is just me trying to adjust to the confidence. So I guess that's, if I had to pick out something I love nowadays, it's the confidence. There we go, man. I like it. And question number five, Justin, last one of the day for you. What is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? <laughs> going to get me up on the fields. I really want to try to focus on being a better father. Mm. Um, too many years of not feeling well, you know, Hey, let's not bother dad. He does. He's, he's not feeling well or he's sick or he's got a headache or, you know, that's, that's devastating to hear. So the next year I'd like to try to become super dad. I like it, so man. That's a, uh, my health has always been kind of an impediment to that. Not anymore. There we go. I think that makes a lot of sense, man. I, I think it sounds good. So Justin, I just want to say a big thank you again for w being willing to come on the show, go so deep into your story and, and share the lessons that you've learned with, with everyone out there. So, so thank you, man. I truly appreciate it. Hey, thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate this opportunity. This is the first podcast I've been on. Well, there we go. And I, I'm sure it's the first of many more. So, uh, I, uh, I'm glad to be your first time. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. So like I said, everybody, Justin's links to his Facebook group and to his social profiles will be in the show notes today. So be sure that you connect with him. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. You can find me on Twitter at Gourmet goes keto. You can email the show at the fat guy forum at gmail.com. And of course, if you are interested in one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, you can reach me at theketoroad.com slash coach-mike. So my friends, go out there, do something to amaze yourself today because you are amazing people. And then come on back and catch us again on the Fat Guy Forum.